Welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview treasury professionals about their treasury careers. Each and every week, I speak to treasurers about how they built their careers, where they are now, and where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. With this week's show, I'm joined by Marcus Kader, the Director of Group Treasury and Insurance at H. Lundbeck, uh, based in Denmark. Now, Lundbeck are a global pharmaceutical group that actually specialise in the improving the quality of life for people living with brain diseases and so they're engaged very much in research development manufacturing and you know around psychiatry and neurology yeah lots of tough words at the beginning of a podcast there you go but actually i'll get marcus to explain a bit more about what they do now it's very interesting podcast today when we go through that marcus actually became a group treasurer at one stage at age 26 and you know as his role as most recent role is expanding outside of treasury as well so we get into both of those areas but let me take it back to the beginning if we would marcus you started in treasury a few years ago now so perhaps talk us about how you first discovered finance and treasury after leaving university or whatever or take me back to there if you would yeah sure thanks mike and uh, first of all thanks for having me on the podcast i'm uh, very happy to to be part of it yeah, I think I'm uh, coming into uh, my 10-year anniversary this year, actually. I started out uh, in my treasury career back in uh, 2009, just after the financial crisis. So it was uh, a little bit of a, a special situation, I have to say. I actually came into treasury already a little bit before that. So during my studies, my university studies, I tried to, to find out how to put myself uh, in a little bit better position compared to my, my peers who also studied. And, and then I decided to do to work on the side, to both study and work at the same time. And had a few different finance jobs, very basic junior finance jobs. And then I came into a Nordic treasury department, which was at least called a treasury department. Now, afterwards, I think I found out that it wasn't really treasury what we were doing, but it was called treasury at least. Mm-hmm. It was basically managing the, the payments of course, the Nordic center in that company. Mm-hmm. But that, that was kind of the first introduction to treasury, and I thought it was quite interesting. So when I was closing my graduation for my master's studies, I, yeah, looked around for different uh, kinds of opportunities and I had a, a few different uh, options. One of them were at the, the treasury department at a company called uh, Quintet, mm-hmm. which is a European workwear company uh, at their treasury department. Uh, and they came from a situation where they uh, basically had a one-man strong treasury department back uh, before uh, the financial crisis. And then they went into default in their financing agreement. And the, I think the board of the company found out that uh, this pressure thing is, is actually quite important. They decided to staff up the pressure department. So they brought in one senior person and then uh, they also wanted to hire a junior, uh, more junior person, mm. uh, which uh, became, became me. Can you just explain, you know, for, you know, again, not many people know Quintet. So perhaps just give a bit more of an explanation because they're, Workwear group and stuff, or uh, but they were owned by private equity, so a real focus on cash and things. You know, how big are the group, and you know what was the when you walked in the door? What was the group? How was it structured? Yeah, it, it was owned by a private equity company. Uh, it's called IK Investment Partners, uh, mm-hmm. Nordic uh, Private Equity. It was a company about a billion euro in uh, in revenue, about uh, three thousand employees, and a European based company that had um, sales primarily focused in, in Europe, and then they sourced from Asia. And it was mentioned that they uh, they just uh, broke the covenant in their financing agreement, the consequence of the financial crisis, and the, 
a big drop in um, so it's a very cyclical business a big drop in in, in the demand for, for workwear and it was a very big focus on, on treasury and uh, the, the treasury area mm. so it was a very interesting time of yeah interesting is maybe not the, the correct word but for, for my per, personal development at least it was a very interesting time of the company's life so to say mm, mm. And being private equity owned, uh, as many other private equity owned companies, it was highly leveraged. Uh, and then if things are not progressing as you plan uh, and the figures are not coming in as you plan, it becomes quite tough. And that was, it was a very tough period uh, in the company. They wanted to change uh, a lot of things, both internally uh, within the company, uh, streamlining uh, ERP systems or changing the, uh, the supplier setup and uh, a lot of different things, which made it quite turbulent as well. So it was a, uh, a very interesting period to start out as a, as a junior in, in the treasury department. Um, obviously, a very high focus on, on cash and liquidity yeah. and all of the core treasury, treasury aspects. And how did that affect you? You say, you know, it was a great time to be in there, but how did it affect you personally? And what I mean by that is, it's your first job in treasury, real job post-uni, and you're in there and what, the CFO is coming to your desk every day and saying, right, what's our cash position? How did you deal with that pressure, if you like? Yeah, so uh, w- when I started in a, in a quite junior position, I was quite fortunate to having uh, the group pressure taking me under his arms, so to say, and yeah. you know, spending a lot of time on, on my development and uh, and uh, really uh, educating me in, in all parts of treasury. And he was very experienced and had been on, on the bank side before and had really great knowledge and experience. Uh, so I had uh, during my first year, it was extremely uh, high focus on, on cash and liquidity specifically, which I spent a lot of time on. Uh, and it was basically, as you're saying, in the worst periods, it was allocating which payments to, to pay and which payments to postpone. Uh, and that was tough for sure, but it was also extremely high or steep learning curve. And then he left and um, you you then were promoted to treasurer at age 26. The, was that a bit head spinning-ish or what? It was for sure. So the story behind it was that he moved, the group pressure moved after I'd been in the company a little bit more than a year. So I had a, a really steep learning curve during that first year. And then the CFO yeah, took the interim position as, as the group pressure. So we were a small team of, of three people. And, and then we were then only two two left and, uh, and then the CFO having the interim seat as group pressure whilst he were looking for a, a new group pressure. So he spent, I think, uh, in total almost a year trying to look for a new good uh, treasure. And during that year, I more and more took over the responsibilities uh, of the department. Mm. Uh, and after about a year, I, I went knocking on, on the CFO's door saying, talking a little bit about what happened and, uh, and how the, the development of finding the, the good treasure went. And uh, in a subtle uh, way, asking if uh, I wouldn't be... Uh, potential candidate for that position uh, and he had very much appreciated the work i've been doing and then he said that he was asking a little bit uh, towards my my age how old i was if i was uh, about 30 because he said that uh, all his candidates that he had been looking for if they came anyone below 30 they would never have even come in the door mm-hmm. and then i was uh, at that point 26. <laughs> but I was I was a little bit lucky because he had uh, once a boss that took a very great chance on him when he so he mm. actually became CEO for the first time when he was uh, thirty. So mm. He had a, a track record of uh, himself of someone putting a chance on on him uh, when mm. he was uh, in a young age and, and felt that he wanted to do the same on on me. So I think it was a little bit of a risk and a little bit of a chance from his perspective. But uh, I think he I hope at least he <laughs> he thought it was successful in the end. 
but that that was uh, definitely tough. Uh, so that, I think, I mean, being young and ambitious, working hard, I didn't think so much about it at mm. the time. So you're saying it, it, it was for sure high pressure, but I didn't really think about it in that way at the time. Uh, so how was, did you think about it then? <laughs> you know, how do you handle pressure? No, it was more, uh, I mean, th- there were a job to be done. It was uh, quite tough, uh, long hours, a lot of work to do. But at the same time, we, we did so many things and I was very deeply involved in the business given that liquidity and uh, the treasury area was very high focus within the whole company. Uh, mm. I mean, we were in dialogues with uh, the CFO and the CEO on a uh, yeah, weekly basis at least, discussing liquidity, discussing how we would manage yeah, treasury-related things. So it was uh, very interesting. So it was more that aspect of it that I, yes. uh, I, I was driven by more than fear of the, realizing the, the big responsibility we yeah. had. And you were the group treasurer for what three years there? Is that right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then why the why the move? What what happened? You know, you're the you're the treasurer of this group. You know, a lot of pressure. Did it just get to you, or what happened? No, I think it. I mean, at that point, I'd been there for five years. So I uh, had two years uh, before I was promoted, and then three years as group treasurer. And then it, the company continued uh, going sideways. You could say we, we had uh, three refinancing processes uh, during those five years, and uh, and the company didn't really manage to do the turnaround that was needed. It was uh, quite close to, to bankruptcy um, and we had uh, basically the banks more or less standing with the keys in their hands, wondering what to do with the business. So for one point, it became a quite difficult and uncertain period. At the same time as I'd been there for five years, I felt that it was kind of the same uh, going around. It was the same tasks and the same questions and the same atmosphere. So I felt that uh, I wanted to develop my career and do something differently, do something something new and get a new opportunity. I was looking for different uh, some different uh, opportunities myself. At the time, I was approached by a headhunter from uh, Copenhagen. So I'm, uh, maybe should I say that initially I'm, I'm Swedish uh, and, and the first uh, company were in Sweden. Uh, but then I was contacted by a headhunter from uh, Copenhagen uh, asking if I would be interested to, to work in, uh, in Copenhagen and uh, in a pharmaceutical company in, uh, on the Danish stock exchange. And that was a uh, fundamentally different type of company. So going from a private equity-owned company that is very short-sighted and having quite tough financial problems uh, to a pharmaceutical company uh, by nature being being long-term, having an owner that is a, a foundation and, and being a financially stable company, being on the stock exchange compared to being a private company, it was very, very different. But it, it was a much bigger company. So it's, uh, at the time, they had a revenue of about 2.5 billion uh, euros and uh, around 6,000 employees. So a, a step up, um, whilst at the same time, it's yeah, totally different circumstances. At the, at the time, I, I joined uh, Lundbeck, which is uh, the same company as I'm with today. And I, I joined in a position that were, so it was a treasury department of uh, four people. Uh, at the time, and uh, they had one group treasurer and then two specialized persons in the treasury team, one being responsible for cash management and one being responsible for FX and uh, liquidity. And then they hired me as being a cross-functional, working across uh, the department, also working with uh, different types of the project and also towards other departments. I was going to say, so you initially joined as the treasury manager, as you say, across that, reporting directly into the treasurer, I'm assuming. Yep. Was was the plan at that stage when you joined, you'd been a treasurer, not a step down, but a step into that role, but a much bigger company. Were you being brought in saying, right, 
we want you to be the treasurer one day. Was that the progression or was that not on the cards? My view were that I, I want at that point, I wanted to broaden myself a little bit. So I, I aimed for a company, a bigger company with bigger opportunities, let's say. So my, I think my plan at the time were to maybe do two, two to three years in the treasury department trying to do a good job and then uh, hoping there would open up opportunities uh, maybe for potentially outside of treasury. Mm. Uh, and at the time, the, the group treasurer had been there for 13, 14 years uh, and didn't uh, have any plans to, to move. So I didn't really see that as an opportunity at the time, but more mm. to maybe seek opportunities outside of the, of, of treasury or the mm. treasury area. Use it as a stepping stone sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, things happened quite. So, so this was back in October 14 when I joined Lundbeck. And quite uh, early thereafter, they were they actually fired their CEO just a couple of months afterwards. And as I said, Lundbeck is a solid company. I was used to very very quick turnarounds, and we had uh, three CEOs and, and I think four CFOs on the five years I were in, in uh, Quintet. So I was used to these uh, kind of changes. So for me, it wasn't a big thing, but for them, it was a quite yeah, a very big thing firing the CEO. Uh, but then the company went into a restructuring process. Where they actually, uh, in August 2015, fired or laid off uh, around a thousand of their 6,000 employees, reducing from 6,000 to 5,000. And, and then I, during that process, I was quite heavily involved in, in the financing discussions to finance uh, the restructuring process and uh, yes, some other processes around that, uh, together with the group treasurer's boss, so the, the uh, vice president of the area. And I felt quite quickly that I had a a role also after the the refinancing of the not, sorry, not the refin- restructuring process mm. uh, because obviously I mean being being new six months into a job and they have a big restructuring process a, a big risk is of course that you are the one being laid off again but it turned out that we decided to restructure the treasury department a little bit uh, to lay off the the group treasurer so you had to to leave the company, and then we the remaining three of us in the first department reported all to the to the vice president. Right. And in that period, I also had dialogues with him to yeah, in the coming years to assume the position as, as the group treasurer. So I, I was the second in, in command or second in line, you could say. Mm. There were a few episodes or other incidents where one or the other team members in the first department uh, decided to leave as well. So we needed to hire a new. A new colleague. And then I approached uh, our VP, uh, saying that if I am to assume the responsibility of the department within a, a year or so, which we were discussing, I felt it uh, maybe would be a good timing when we are recruiting someone that I, I made the recruitment. But in a good dialogue, we agreed that uh, I already, a few months after the, the foreign group pressure were laid off, that I resumed the responsibility for the, the pressure department. Mm. So then I, uh, yeah, I assumed the role as group treasurer of, of, of the company. Well, what's it been like since you said the very turbulent times from the, you know, the markets, you know, number of CEOs, number of CFOs, when that's happening and you're in that treasury role, you know, how do you manage upwards? What are you, you know, focusing on as well as getting through that situation? What, what are the key things, you know, perhaps if there's someone listening today and they're thinking, actually, that's the same as us. What are the key tips for success would you say in, in dealing in that situation I, I think for me it was to get structure uh, and get predictability and ensure that we had all the basics in control and, and it was the same in 
in the previous company in, in Quintet, where we needed to have the liquidity in, in control. And then when I assumed the group threshold position in, in Lundbeck, one of my first uh, focus areas was to, to streamline all the processes. Uh, we did a lot of manual things. We did a lot of time-consuming things that were not very value-adding. So we spent uh, quite a lot of time initially to update our treasury system, for example, and uh, review basically all the processes we had to identify what what actually made or brought, brought value to the company and things that basically, yeah, there were some examples of, of processes that they did that uh, they had done for several years, but no one questioned who who benefited from the processes. And some of them yeah, were actually them? discontinued yeah. in total. Exactly. So that freed up quite a lot of time so that we were able to, to turn around a little bit, focusing on operational day-to-day business uh, into more streamlining that part so that we could focus on more tactical and strategic, strategic parts of, of the first part. Mm. And when we spoke before the show uh, today and we had a pre-brief call as well, you talked about how you know some treasuries are very inwardly focused. You know They look after the cash and everything else. But you're very much trying to take treasury into the finance organization you're really externally focused i'm not talking external to the company but you're really trying to get embedded with the other finance and have some really good relationships how are you doing that you know describe that process perhaps so the again for the listeners who are thinking oh that's something we should be doing how are you going through that yeah, so it's, I think uh, my mindset is quite open. I'm uh, very interested. I'm, I think I'm a, a bit business-oriented person as well. I, I like to understand how the business works and not only the treasury parts, but also the business as a whole and, and getting involved in, in things that is not core treasury, but also linked to other departments and, and other areas. I, I'm, I have that holistic mindset, you could say, or a holistic view in, in how to manage the department. And that's also how I'm trying to build my team in, in not having specialized uh, people that are only, well, not only, but, but are really good at specific tasks, but more having generalists and, and people that have a similar mindset of, of wanting to do more than what is just written in your job description. I think that's a, a key mentality to have that you are interested in, in doing more than, than just the, what's written in your, in your description. Yeah, I was going to say, so you're a relatively young group treasurer. You know, I say that because a number of the clients I talk to, you know, the treasurers are in their 40s, 50s and things like that. Does that make a difference to your management style, do you find, when you're, so you're coaching and managing people, both when you're at Quintet and now in this role? Do you find that you're a different kind of treasurer, different kind of manager, if you like? Yeah, I have for sure involved quite a lot. I believe myself and I hope that others can recognize that as well, putting more emphasis on the soft skills and the leadership skills, the culture and mindset and all those aspects. I think in my early days of my managerial career, it was extremely much focused on delivering the tasks and maybe not so much on the on the soft skills side. Mm. I, I assume that I was viewed as a quite tough manager. I obviously thought a lot of, about my, my age myself. Uh, but I, for example, when I became the, the group treasurer of Quintet at 26, I, I then became manager of my, my, my colleague who was at the time around 45 and had 10 years of experience in finance. So I thought uh, quite a lot about that, but I never, I never saw it as a problem from from externally or from others, such that someone questioned me in my my leadership role. Mm. Uh, but it's definitely something that I've been working on, and, and both doing course uh, training and courses, uh, both internally in in the companies that I've been, and also externally to try to to develop those skills as well. I think one important part that I've learned during my 
my my career is the management style and and I'm a quite, I think I'm quite detail-oriented person and, and like to, to do things uh, in, in my way and, and do it myself. And that's the, the whole delegation phase and, and trusting uh, the team and, and putting responsibility to teammates is something that I'm, I've been working on quite a lot. And, uh, and the more responsibility you get, uh, then it becomes impossible to, to do everything yourself. And that's, then you're being forced into delegate as well, which is, yeah. uh, I think, has been a very good thing. Good thing. And then we, we are, you know, so the listeners, we recently attended and spoke at the Group Treasurers Exchange. We did our Treasury Career Corner live on stage with three other participants. It was great then because I got to meet Marcus and catch up with him and, you know, persuaded him to come on the show, which is fantastic. Now, you went to that conference. I actually commented that it was uh, very frustrating as sort of an exhibitor stroke someone outside of the conference that there was no one around and people were like oh what no it's not that good I said, no it's brilliant because everyone was in the sessions and it seemed that they'd got a really good mix of sessions it's not just a big advert for those guys but actually I was really impressed and thought you know good conference you went to that conference what was it you were looking for when you were there what were you, you as a treasurer you'd come it wasn't around the corner you know this was based in London and things like that you'd manage you know come all the way across the Sweden what was it that you were looking for and how do you see yourselves you know as a group developing sort of thing what, what was it you were seeking to develop as a treasurer yeah I've actually joined the Google Treasurer's Exchange a few times before mm-hmm. uh, when they had their sessions in, in Germany yeah. I, I knew the concept and the structure a little bit and uh, obviously I I try to attend as much conferences as possible hopefully my, my ambition is always to have at least a, a couple of new pointers with mm-hmm. you back home and uh, and, and some say, okay, then you spend 10 hours at a conference and, and you get three things, uh, but it's three things more than if I sat in the office and watched my computer. So I think mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good thing if you can can get some, some new inspiration. I think the format of the Good Pressure Exchange is, is quite nice because it's very varying, as you said. So it's a good mix between speeches or presentations and uh, roundtable discussions and these one-to-ones. And uh, they also have some, I think they're trying to, emphasize on a variety of different topics and different uh, formats during the two days. So you don't mm. get tired and, and, and bored of uh, just sitting and listening to presentations, for example, which some conferences uh, could be set up like. And ho- hopefully mine wasn't too boring when you were sitting there. Um, I, we had quite a good I, discussion. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that was a really, really interesting format and something to said. I mean, a variety of a new concept that you don't see as yeah. much at conferences. I, think. I really, really liked it. It was good. I really Especially enjoyed the, it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's, it was funny with ours because I discussed it with the guys that I did it. I did, did Jason Spanos from Coke, uh, Matthew Norris from Petrofac, and Topi Jokaranta from Retig. And they'd all worked together at Capri. So they sort of came together and they went their different ways sort of thing. And we talked about that. Why I enjoyed that, actually this session over perhaps some of the other bits was usually we're talking to an audience of treasury analysts, managers, and it's sort of sharing some of the war stories or some coaching for how, how to get to the number one job. But just like yourself, you're in the number one job. So in a way, we, we couldn't really do that with, with those guys. You know, with yourself, and we were saying to the audience, look, this isn't to say how to get to the number one jobs. There were lots of other group treasurers in there, but we were trying to sort of talk about, you know, some of the challenges that they face within talent management and within people and things like that. Bringing that to yourself, what what do you, we, we touched on it there a little bit as your management style and things like that. 
what do you see as the future of Treasury? How do you see it developing people? And, and obviously, there's technology and everything else. How are you seeing Treasury develop, as it were? Yeah, I, I see uh, a big challenge going forward, uh, both, I mean, both within Treasury and finance as a, as a whole. And as you mentioned a little bit before, I've, I've just been leading uh, our global finance strategy project the last uh, half year within Nuremberg. Yeah, so I've been very, very much uh, spending thoughts uh, around this topic, how finance will uh, evolve, both Treasury and finance as a whole evolve within the next couple of years. And digitalization is for sure very interesting and, and important topic for for finance and treasury organizations to to continue to be on top and, and, and continue to be world-class. I think that goes very much hand-in-hand hand with digitalization and talent development because you need the right people. You need a diversified group, both diversified in, in terms of gender, in terms of ethnical background, and also in terms of, of yeah, skills, a skill set. So I don't think that's the best treasury departments going forward will be consisting of uh, pure uh, hardcore treasury people, but the mix of different kinds of skill sets could be uh, more technical people, uh, obviously finance people, uh, but also yeah, people coming in with different mindsets and, and helping out and, uh, and supporting the digitalization journey and how to utilize the, the new tools, both in terms of making your departments more efficient, but also to creating more more and better insights and uh, be able to take better decisions to help support the business in the right way. I, I definitely think uh, the, the talent development and the digitalization goes very much hand in hand. And when you are looking at that talent management, obviously this is a podcast hosted through the Treasury Recruitment Company, so that's our key focus about the people and everything else. When you're looking, at, you're looking to recruit, what is it you're looking for from a CV or resume? Is it, are you looking for qualifications or given your background, you know, getting to group treasurer at 26, you perhaps have a different view maybe, you know, sometimes treasurer, oh, I want to see this, 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 and this very long career history. With yourself, you're perhaps a bit, sounds like you're a bit more open-minded because you're just looking because of your history. You know, what, what is it you're looking for, would you say? I'm not that much looking at, at experiences, what's written and what you've done. It's more uh, on, the, on the mindset and the capabilities. Mm. As I said a little bit before, I, I very much like to work with people that have a, you could say, ownership mentality that, that looks at the company as if it were their own, so that they do go, go to work every day and do it as if they were their own company. Mm. And that mindset is very key and, and very engaging as well, both for the colleagues uh, you work with and, and uh, post-department collaboration as well. Mm. Of course, having a good, skilled, clever, clever people, it doesn't need to be clever in the way that you've done uh, five financing process or one five financing process. It, it's just a, a mindset and, and being quick at understanding, grasping new situations, uh, being a problem solver. I mean, some of the best people in my team is, is the people where you can give them a task, no matter if it's something they did before or something you, they, they've never done before. Mm. You're confident that they, they will solve the task. They will find out. They will know who to go to, who to collaborate with and how to solve the task. So you're never worried about if they have the right experience to solve the task because you know that as, as a person, they will find a way to, to solve it. To do it. And that kind of mentality and capabilities is something that I'm looking for. You're looking for. Okay. As we wrap up today's show, as always, we'll put your the link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so you can, you know, uh, connect with Marcus if it's good to have you and the other people in your network, which would be great. 
But as you look back through your history, obviously, it's, uh, you know, not the longest history. It's great. You know, you've <laughs> made this progression, you know, within 10 years and everything else. And people are going to go, wow, that's actually something I want to copy or replicate, if you like. What are the tips that you would perhaps give for those, you know, for some of the listeners at home, you know, the treasure analysts, treasure managers who are going, actually, I want to follow and do that. What, what would you say? Is it about qualification? Is it about attitude? What are the key things, you know, you're looking for sort of thing? Might be a little bit of a repetition of what I said, you'll be sure, fine. but uh, the first uh, and very important aspect is to work hard. I mean, the, the more you get your fingers into, the more you learn and the more experiences you get uh, and the better you become. So the working hard is, I think, a, a very important part of it. And then grasping opportunities as they arise. Uh, always be up for new challenges, uh, putting yourself out there, making yourself self available. Hmm. If something comes along, just uh, be positive and open open to do new things. And then the, the third and last thing I would say is, as I mentioned a few times, uh, having this holistic view, the, the ownership mentality, uh, really taking ownership of everything you do, not only within your own area, but also helping your colleagues and uh, helping people around you uh, is something that will definitely enable uh, new things to come your way. If you do it, do it well, new and better things will, will come yeah. to you. Do unto others as you would unto yourself sort of thing. And that's <laughs> not me bashing a Bible. It's more just, you know, an ethos. You know, if you do help those other guys, then it, it pays back really, doesn't it? As well, pay it forward sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Marcus, it's been great today. Lovely to chat to you. As I say, guys, if you want to connect with Marcus and it's right to have him in your part of your treasury network, I'm sure you will, look at the show notes, connect with Marcus. All that remains for me to say is, Marcus, thank you very much for your time today and I look forward to seeing you for a beer next time. I'm, well, I'm either in the Nordics or you're down in London, so it'd be uh, great to see you. Sounds great. Thanks, Mike, for having me. It's been a blast. Thanks, Many thanks. Thank you.